this podcast is not sponsored by audiobooks.com. Why not? It's bad. Take a crazy look. Don't do it. Why not? I can give you a lot of reasons. Hillary Duff's books. Don't make In me. In Cinderella stories, you'll hear us a lot. So nope. why not? Why not? Why not take a crazy look? You can't make why me. Not Don't do it. Hey. No. This podcast is sponsored by Tetrahydrocannabinol THC. Wondering what to snack on? Me too. THC, for all your self-medicating needs. Consult with your doctor before consuming THC so she knows that you're cool and do drugs. Unlike her loser ass who got a medical degree to look at people's buttholes or whatever. Thanks to THC, now I can finally live my life the way I always wanted to. With a really dry mouth and a phantom cough. Welcome to Cinderella Stories. With a Z. My name is Dan. I'm Al. And we're reading the novels of actor, musician, and did she really write this? Hilary Duff. Milf. Chapter by chapter. Still not sure why. Why are we doing this, Al? Um, well, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? I sound like an annoying girl. Uh, to clarify, like, I mean, like, I sound like a girl in a voice dysphoria kind of way, but also, like, I sound like a very specific kind of mean middle school girl. Y'all are pretty funny, though. <laughs> so the answer is... Well, why are you listening? That's the real question. Yeah, why the fuck are you listening? Don't so, listen to our podcast. Call out one of our listeners. Ask the why why they listen to this. Yeah, have them answer for once. Why do I always have to answer? Pick, pick any of them. I don't know. I, well, the other person who listens to our podcast is here. Sam's here today. Sam, um, why are you doing all this? Us, that is all three of us that <laughs> listen to this podcast. Hello. <laughs> why am I listening? Um, because... Dan hasn't shown up to our family phone calls recently, so this is how I catch up with him. <laughs> Whoa! The call out. The call. She threw you under the bus and then backed up and then put it forward and then put it in reverse again. For listeners who didn't listen to the last episode or have forgotten it, because why would you remember anything from these podcasts? I'm Dan's sister. We're reading the sequel in a trilogy. The stupid fucking book. <laughs> written in 2011. Help you out. And the first book was a New York Times bestseller from Simon & Schuster called Elixir. The sequel. Yeah, number 10. Is titled Devoted. On this episode, we're talking about chapter 7. And we are joined by my sister Sam as, our, as a repeat guest. Our very first repeat guest. Hello again. These chapters don't have names. Al, what would you name this chapter? <clears throat> Unlike homeschooled me. Hey, Sam. I would name it newly buffed chest. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, wait, what do I want to name this one? Ooh, 500 year old boyfriend. <laughs> Great value brand, Edward Cullen. <laughs> That's right. Talk about value brand, though. It's like they couldn't afford him for this book. Like they could only afford him for a couple days of shooting. <laughs> they well, they blew all their budget on the ellipses. <laughs> they blew our budget on on casting Evan Peters. Because we couldn't be, afford Paul Dano. It's <laughs> like to be clear, I've been. This is my second chapter in a row with you guys. I still haven't seen this boyfriend. He has not shown up at all. So I'm just. They just not shown up this entire. Honestly, he must have had like scheduling. I, I mean this. I mean this with all seriousness. <laughs> 
He's not important. He's this literally not important in this book. He's literally the like least important character in this book. Prove me wrong. Ben and Clea suck, but at least they have personalities. But at least this book is about them. Yeah, Sage doesn't have a personality. He's just some guy. <laughs> he really is just some guy. He's really just some guy. <laughs> His personality is mysterious. If you're listening and you haven't listened to another episode, we don't expect or recommend any of our listeners to read along. Uh, on that note, one of our listeners is the co-writer of these books, Elise Allen. Thank you and we're sorry. You don't need to go back and listen to any of the previous podcast episodes, but it probably makes more sense if you do. But uh, we don't care. We're not making any money from this whatsoever. Yeah, we should change that. How do we monetize this shit? I'm, I'm broke as fuck, dude. I got denied my FEMA check. You might need better sponsors than cannabis oil. I don't think you're going to get money out of THC. I don't know. I do come up with my best ideas when I'm pretty stoned. So stay tuned. <laughs> we do still have an active fundraiser um, for Al and Al's friends who are affected by Hurricane Ida. His podcast. Don't is give me money. I'm just going to spend it on drugs. I do need to re I do need to re up, though. So send me some money so I can buy a half. Thank you. At least you know where it's going. Yeah, I'm just going to be honest with you. That's right. You guys ready for my summary of chapter seven? Can't wait. <clears throat> Clea Raymond, teenage daughter to a senator, is searching for her immortal BF Sage with the help of her former bodyguard, uh, former suitor, and 20-year-old PhD in ghosts. Dumbass Ben. She fills him in at the diner on everything, including ghosts, and they try to decode the mysterious message a ghost child left on her computer screensaver. I hate it when that happens. Ben and Clea return to her manor, where they run into Suzanne, a chosen aide to Mommy Senator, and who happens to be Ben's current girlfriend? I don't know if they meant put a label on that yet, but that's what's going on. She scurries off to go to this uh, fundraiser dinner with the president and Clay is not invited. And there is very much a, a cat fight going on there uh, underneath in a, in, a, in a Cold War type fashion. And then they run into Clea's best friend, who we have not seen in forever, Reyna, who I would like to repeat is the daughter. Is the only good character. Is the good, good, only good character and also is the daughter of the ec- live in on site equine professional. Uh, this Reyna is on the couch being massaged by resident himbo uh, stable master Nico, who is himbo goals. Himbo goals. Together, they're like, hey, what's up? I haven't been seen in a while. And then Ben and Nico go up to check out the computer while Reyna and Clea catch up. This is literally all that happens in the entire chapter. That's it. The end. Oh, and then Ben and Clea leave to go somewhere. So yeah, chapter six was Clea filling in Ben. And chapter seven, she fills in Reyna. That's yes. it. Um, what already happened? Not only that, but they kind of also... Actually, this was more filling in Ben. And they didn't even skip over filling in Reyna. It was ridiculous. We're over 100 pages in and absolutely nothing has happened. It's just recap. Well, we have met Nico. We have met Suzanne. We love them both. But like, they haven't, they haven't done a thing. They're just hanging out. Like no one's 
gone anywhere, done anything. Right. Like if you were to ask somebody what happened, it would be like, well, they ate food. Yeah, like what is this book about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they wore jeans. They wore jeans and t-shirts. Yeah. Which one are you going to first? Fashion check, food check, president check, or Ben's life? <laughs> None of them. Or eat the rich. I don't want to do this. I'm not opening this book again. I've seen enough. Well, I have highlighted some things I want to talk about, if that's okay with you. Let's Nerd. talk about it then, Dan, because, yeah, I'm done talking about the plot, which is just Clea explaining her dreams, which is riveting. All right, so I want to talk about um, who Sam was it your title with the newly buffed chest. Let's go into the context of that. <laughs> OK, qu- I, does Ben shave his chest? Like, I'm not asking. I'm not asking that in a judgmental way. I'm not asking that in a judgmental way. I'm just like, why you, you have chest hair? You can make it yourself, and then you just like shave it. Well, why would you do that? I don't think he has chest hair yet. I I mean, maybe he wants to swim faster. I don't know. He clearly has so much time in his life. Wait, have we yeah. seen him shirtless in this before? No, but maybe you could tell underneath the vague, undescribed T-shirt. No, because it's a book. You can't see it because <laughs> it's a book. Fuck you. Let me read this, this paragraph at the top of 113. While I was sure Ben would love to hear a paranormal apparition was admiring him, I couldn't tell him Petra had been trying to play matchmaker for us. I could already imagine him puffing out his newly buffed chest and telling me in great detail that he didn't need anyone's help in the romance department. Gross. What a paragraph. I hate him. I, I mean, it's an editing fail, because it's supposed to be newly buff chest, right? Just buff? I think buffed. I like the image of someone taking like a like a floor waxer, <laughs> like an industrial grade floor waxer and just putting it on him and going <laughs> and then he pull it away and it goes shing, 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 sparkle like it's. Yeah, like a, like a cartoon Johnny Bravo moment. Yes. Himbo writes. Himbo writes. I'm trying to think like maybe it could have happened in the diner itself. Like otherwise, how would she know it was newly buffed? Yeah, they used the one from the diner. I mean, they have been in the diner <laughs> the for, for hours. They're like, hey, uh, sir, ma'am, we're, we're trying to close. And then at some point they're just like, ah, you know what? Just clean over them. <laughs> <laughs> I just I also fail to see like she hasn't given that much detail. How is it that they've spent Go girl, hours, give us nothing. hours going over this in the diner? Well, telling you about the ghost thing probably took a while because I don't think Clay is that good at articulating these things. No, I feel like as much as we hate Ben, I felt like he was kind of a stand in for us where he has to like he has to keep drilling down with Clay. He's like, OK, but like, OK, let's go back to this. I need you to tell me more about this. And I'm like, yes, he's doing what I wish I could do this whole time, which is like, OK, let's go back to this. You said this. I want to clarify so he yeah, stood this, in for us a couple times in this chapter in terms of the things that he says to Clea. One of the first times I've actually sided with him what he wanted to say. At the bottom of 114, he says, You're afraid I'm going to mess up your happy ending with your 500-year-old boyfriend? And that's exactly yes. what we've been saying to Clea She's like, this yeah, entire time. I am worried about that. <laughs> and then, on top of 115... Oh, yes. 
though this is juicy, right? He's like, okay, come on, Claire, go and and you know live with Sage. Oh, wait, 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 no, 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 because no, I just, I really, I think you're reading this wrong. Okay, here's, here's, <clears throat> let it go, Claire. It may have taken me lifetimes to get the hint, but I did get it. I have no desire to get in the way of you and Sage. If he's out there and we bring him back, I'm cool with it. I'll dance at your wedding. I'll dance at your 50th anniversary, assuming Sage can handle being with someone who looks like his grandmother. I don't have a sugar daddy. Everything I've had, I've worked for, and I've worked for it to get, and I've built myself. So you need to know that 100%. I don't have a sugar daddy. I've never had a sugar daddy. If I wanted a sugar daddy, yes, I could probably go out and get one because I am what? Sickening. You could never have a sugar daddy because you are not that kind of girl. Baby, everything I've had, I've worked for, and I've gotten myself. I built myself from the ground up. Fucking bitch. I would like to add that I did that from memory. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> it's amazing. What is that from? You asking what is that from is the straightest thing you've ever said. That is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to answer you. You have to find that out by yourself. But I, I want to add that I did do that from memory. And then as an addendum to that, I would also like to add that I am still also attracted to women. I'm gay enough to know the Shangela uh, untucked monologue but still straight enough to appreciate a good milf. That's that was amazing. All right. Everything up until the sugar baby line or sugar daddy was part of what Sage said. Sorry, what Ben no, said. No, it's what Ben said. He yeah. said it in this very snarky way. And I was just like, I felt that same energy and I just ran with it. He but. did call her out. And the fact that, you know, she's a teenager, that's a mortal being is attracted to a teenager on not a milf like he should be. He should be attracted to a milf. On that note, so like the quote, Al did it beautifully, but I'm just going to go back to the part where it's like, assuming Sage can handle being with someone who looks like his grandmother. And then Clea in her internal monologue goes, for a second, I saw it, a dance floor full of applauding friends and family, a giant <laughs> anniversary cake, and Sage, young and vital as ever, pushing the wheelchair that carried my stooped and withered body. If she's 18, 50 years from now, she's only going to be 68. Like, I don't know in what <laughs> Wow. Whoa, that is really what, like, straight men think happens to no, women. It's when what they elementary kids think. Uh, uh, elementary kids think you, that happens when you turn right. 45. Like, yes, yeah, so when you turn 45, you're <laughs> stooped and withered. Because I'm like, even if they wait, like, two years to get married, she's only going to be 70. Like, in, I mean, I guess anything could happen and you could end up in a wheelchair at any age, which I don't think Clea believes because... She doesn't seem that bright. Stooped and withered. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you have enough money, Clea. You're going to look like J-Lo if you do it right. Like, come on. Stoop. Yeah, rich people don't even know how to use their money. That's why they shouldn't have it. Hey, stooped kid, get up your stoop. <laughs> still stooped so kid's angry. afraid to leave his stoop. <laughs> Ageism. God. Ageism. Ageism. I mean, it's very alive. It made me think about um, Clea's reaction to Magna Malisandre from last book. I have no memory of that. Go on. Oh, yeah. What the if what if that lady was woman. just. Yeah. What if she was just regular old and Clea is just <laughs> rude like, and she sucks? She's just like 48. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's like 38. She's, yeah. She has a couple wrinkles, maybe some varicose veins. Like she just okay. like went gray a little early. And she was disgusted at the sight of the old woman. She was gross. She was like, oh, I touched her gross little hand. It's like, yes, Cleo, one day you will die, too, but probably not soon enough. Yeah, for someone who likes someone who's 500 years old, she does not like the idea of being old. 
Yeah, for real. No, and like Ben has a point. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you gotta you gotta figure out how to deal with the fact that Sage is still gonna look twenty when she's you know withered and old and sixty two. But God, but like, what is wrong with Clea? Jesus Christ! Is she, like she's she's both vapid and also judges all the vapid people in her life. She really is a problem. Oh yeah. She's such a problem. I'm she glad projects onto it. Suzanne too. I think Suzanne and Reyna get a bad rap. Uh, Suzanne and Reyna are like two of the only good characters in this book. I don't know much about them, but sure. <laughs> if only we spent more time with them than with Ben. Jesus Christ. Speaking of Ben, we get more insight into his life here at the bottom of 115. When he Ben's says mysterious life. This is what I do. Remember? I study mythologies. I have an advanced degree in it. I research paranormal activities for fun. He has a degree in ghosts. He's going to grow up to be uh, the guys from Insidious. You know, the ones that drive the little truck around. Yeah, he's going to. That's what he's going to be when he Ben's going to be when he grows up. Exactly. He's going to follow Rose Byrne around in I mean, I would too. a van and be like, well, I would too, actually. <laughs> that sounds kind of tight, actually. Yeah, Just get to like smoke weed and talk to ghosts and like follow Rose Byrne around. Until Rose Byrne issues a restraining order. That would be a blast. <laughs> um, I'm helping her catch ghosts, though, with my PhD. So, uh... Al, would you like to read the last sentence of this paragraph on the bottom 115? I want to come because I'm interested. I'd be interested even if it had nothing to do with you or Sage. This is what I do, remember? That was wonderful, though, because he's saying, hell yes, I'm going to come after talking about humans popping in and out of existence. So apparently just the idea of ghosts makes Ben want to come. Yeah. But like, he's so, oh God, I'm so fixated on Ben because he's like such a specific type of person. Like, Mm -hmm. so this whole like, you know, advanced degree bullshit, whatever. And he's like so into paranormal activities and like he's like a young, insecure guy so often. And at the same time, he's such an old man. Like at one point, he's like trying to type something in on his phone and he's like, oh, I can't do this. I need to, you know, I need to do this longhand with a pen and a paper. He does have a landline. Yes, and he has a landline. It's 2000, like 2010, right? It's 2011 is when this book came out. Okay, I think Ben had an LG rumor, and I think he didn't have any (laughs) phone charms on it, and yeah, no phone charms. I think he still used a Palm Pilot. Or a a Blackberry. Yes, but he was typing it on his keypad. That's a Blackberry. 2010, that's a Blackberry. Oh yeah, Blackberries were in still. We'll get more into it in the fashion check, but there's so much about Ben that's that specific kind of guy who like basically has affectations of being an old man. He, ha- he oh, gives absolutely. me philosophy major energy. Well, he's an anthro major, so it's not that different. But, but he has all philosophy the anthro major energy. He's a ghost major. He studies ghosts. OK, it's a legitimate field. Ghostology 101. <laughs> um, like my specialties. <laughs> His advanced degree is in mythology, Al. Like every college has a mythology degree. Am I right? Okay, he has a specialization in ectoplasm. Um, <laughs> elixir. That's right, it's elixir. Also, I like to give credit where credit is due. When we first got the clue of Charles Victor under the flying pig, Al immediately pegged it Dan. as meaning C 
CV, or Cursed Vengeance, the evil organization that is chasing Sage and Rain Asmuth with guns in a Shibuya mall. Isn't it? Isn't it the uh, the code speech though? Yes. I knew it was CV. NATO phonetic alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that part, I'm like, you guys really figured discover that out. anything. I feel like it's obvious. Like, chapters no, but you, you ago. Were, you were two and a half chapters ahead of everyone else in this book. Oh, yeah, Clea's like, Charlie Victor, who is it? But, like, it wasn't that difficult to figure out that Charlie well, Victor would be Well, you're not Clea, who vengeance. Googled five different versions of Charles Victor on LinkedIn and Facebook. Oh, my God. Yeah. And didn't figure out that it was the NATO phonetic alphabet. Yes. Meanwhile, Ben is being all like, oh, a smirk plate on his face. Well, he's like, that's not what that means. It's the NATO alphabet. He takes delight in Clea being an idiot. God, I don't even know what his face looks like, but I would punch him. I want to bite. <laughs> yes, he's such a dick. He says, but beneath the flying pig. <laughs> I know that too. At least I think I do. Great. Where? <laughs> not telling you. He's such a dick. He just said, I'm not telling you because you're going to leave me if I if I if I tell you. Like, he has no trust. He's and so he many trash issues. Again, at the end of the chapter, he does basically the same thing where he's like, okay, we're ready. I figured it out. And she's like, okay, where are we going? And he's like, ha, not going to tell you. And I'm like, geez, I wouldn't get in a band with this sucks guy. so much. Asshole. <laughs> Doesn't he just leave too? He just gets up and he's like, I'm going. Yep. Oh, yeah. And he leaves <laughs> right, her with bye, the bitch. bill. So they've been there for leaves like her with the bill. Oh, three at the, at or the four diner, hours. Yeah. yeah. So they've been at the diner for like hours. That's all we know. It's hours, probably three or four. And, like, he just leaves without paying, and she just tosses some bills on the table. So they both kind of suck, because I'm like, you're there at a diner. They gave you the bill two hours ago, you guys. Oh, yeah, that's why they were buff- floor buffing over them. Little Miss tossing <laughs> some bills on the table. Like, you know exactly how much it is. They better have given them a good tip. They took up that table for hours. I'm sure Leia they thinks his good tip is 15%. Ugh. Ben doesn't tip if the service is bad. Ooh. Yeah. That's why he walked out. Oh, yeah. He writes on the receipt. He was like, they're trying to close the restaurant while we're in here. I was on a date with someone. We've been dating for like months and we were at this restaurant. We we're just not getting good service. For whatever reason, we just became that table. Just just forgotten about whatever. We went to yeah. leave. Like she tried to not tip like anything. And I'm like trying to walk. I was like, wait a second. No, you can't do that. (laughs) No, there's a bare minimum. These motherfuckers need all the help they can get. Tip them more because they're terrible at their jobs. Oh, my God. Wow. If someone had done that to me, I would have just gone to their house and like stolen some stuff. (laughs) We can only wish. Oh, my God. I'm sure we've all been there where you're like on, on like a group outing. And like people are all throwing money in and they don't leave enough for the tip. We've all been there, right? Where it's oh, like, that's the worst. Where all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, this doesn't like I was out once and it was with this guy I was dating. It was my first time meeting his friends. We all got to this bar and everyone's throwing in the money. And it was a little bit confusing because it was also his birthday. So people were covering his part of the tab. But all of a sudden there wasn't even enough money to cover the tab once everybody had thrown their money in. And I was like, I hate your group of friends. <laughs> Like, I was instantly wow. like, I guess they can't do math, but still, I'm the one who's just met everybody, and I'm sitting here scrambling, like, guys, we need to tip your assholes. <laughs> like, oh my god. I, so, I always think that people are, like, over-exaggerating when they're like, oh, I know someone who doesn't tip, because I, I don't know, I guess, like, everyone I know, like, 100% of everyone I know has worked 
a terrible job where they've had to work for tips. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I live in New Orleans, but like mm-hmm. I've I've known so many people who have worked in the service industry and like specifically front of house for a tipped wage that I just like can't process that there's people like that. So when I hear stories like this, I'm like doubly shocked. I'm like, oh, what is going on in the minds of people on the other side of this who are doing this and looking at you like you're I fucked up when they so hand you shocked. something with no tip on it? Like, oh my god. Which is to say, tip tip your staff, no matter if you got bad service or not. Tip or no I'll come what. find you. Yes, we will come and hunt you down. We will cancel the podcast if we find out one of our listeners is not tip. Especially if you're taking Seriously. up a table for hours in somebody's restaurant. Like, pay for your space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't go any, anywhere an hour before close, by the way. If anyone does that. I try not to go in two hours before close. I try not to be a customer, because the customer is always Just wrong. never go in. <laughs> I've been wrong every time I've been a customer. <laughs> and so have you. That's true. You guys ready for fashion check? Only you would think that you could hide that powder blue, puffy sleeve. It's kind of a peasant dress, but it might just be a baggy disaster of questionable fiber content that you wore to the spring dance. Our lone juicy fashion check. It's a good one. It's quality over quantity here. There are multiple fashion checks, Dan. You must have missed Ben's canvas satchel. Wait, what? On page 113. Oh my God, I missed this. What is this? Because I made a note of that one. But you didn't have it with him. Okay, but it's still a fashion check. There's so little fashion. Let's take it where we can. <laughs> ben was usually Boy Scout prepared. His ever-present canvas satchel stocked with pens, notepads, and the leather organizer he'd insisted he preferred to any computer app. But today he came to Dalt's empty-handed. Because he was sleeping with Suzanne. So I give that satchel... 8 out of 10. I like that energy, actually, because I, you know, I do that. I hate the leather, the leather organizer energy. What do we think is in the satchel? Condoms. Condoms, yeah. It's just full of condoms, like every pocket. There's <laughs> like some like, zipped away in the inner pocket, yeah. <laughs> There's like a weird protein shake in here that he thinks is making him buff. Okay, well, you know, you are supposed to, you're supposed to, Use two scoops, not one scoop. I've been using only one scoop in my protein shakes every day. And I'm like, I know it doesn't work this way, but I'm like, oh, shit. You're telling me that I could be twice as ripped right now. (laughs) And, you know, I've been wasting that away. (laughs) I don't enjoy drinking the protein. Like, I think that's the big secret that people don't talk about is that no one enjoys doing that. I just want to be strong. So I drink the nasty uh, muscle shit. And it's horrible. I'd rather be like pounding a LaCroix, but no, I have to. It has always got aspartame. So much of it has aspartame. And I'm just like, I just want one that doesn't taste like anything. So I can put like maybe half a teaspoon of agave and then like some fresh fruit in there or something. I say free yourself from it, Al. Free yourself. It's all a scam. No, I have to be strong or else I'm going to look like a girl. It's kind of a situation. No, I think there's better ways, though. I'm convinced protein shakes are a scam. Kind of like how, um, like, whey is pretty much just a scam by the cheese industry to use up all the, like, the extra discards from their cheese making. Wow, I love that. 
cheese conspiracy That's theories. That's big cheese. Watch out for big cheese. Big cheese, yeah. It big is, cheese. though. Pelling their curds on us. You guys may call me crazy, but it, <laughs> and I am, but like we went to Tillamook in Oregon, like makes their cheese and you can Meal go check. and you can look over and see the factory floor and there's this like timeline of cheese making. And at one point it talks about when like they discard all of the whey. I guess they skim it or something. I don't know. They have to discard all the whey from the cream in order to make the cheese. And they're like, and luckily for us, we can now sell whey for like, you know, protein shakes and shit. Okay, but pea protein in like vegetable protein is grainy and it's horrible. It's mm. so nasty. There's no way they can get the graininess out of the powder. Awful. All the plant-based shit is exactly like that. Whey is the only one that doesn't taste like there's shit stuck between your teeth when you're trying to like gulp down one of these fucking... Oh, I believe that it tastes good. 12 ounces of lukewarm c- like... Elixirs. God. I just think they're not as beneficial as people say they are. I think they're pushing the benefits thinking people will buy their discarded cheese product. Well, going to the gym is just inherently homoerotic. I get up every morning, I drink 12 <laughs> ounces of c- and then I go hang out with some guys for an hour. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's I, like, that's just what you do. I'm sorry. What a life. That sounds great. What a life. Elixir. All right. The next fashion check on bottom of page 117. Sam, would you like to, to read this one? Oh, oh, yes. I had a lot of thoughts about this. Okay, because it is prefaced by Clea saying that Ben and I were practically knocked over by a fashion spread straight out of Vogue. So That's just true. like to give that Queen. preface to you guys. It's all about Suzanne. The red in her cheeks matched the shade of her scoop neck sleeveless gown. She wore it with a delicate crystal necklace and her long blonde hair curled in loose waves over her shoulders. The outfit was simple, but somehow made her look both professionally conservative and jaw droppingly hot at the same time. Read that outfit. Awooga out of 10. <laughs> It gives me Republican vibes, so I give it. Whoa, explain. Lower. Professionally conservative. Well, the, 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 the blonde curls with the red. But what does that mean? It's like I got a scoop neck so you could see boobies. Mm. OK, I'm going to get into it. So this was published in 2011. Mm. And knowing like publishing timelines, it was probably written in 2010. However, in February of 2011, what? Jennifer Lawrence made her Oscar debut on the red <gasps> carpet right. in a scoop neck, sleeveless <gasps> Ralph Lauren <gasps> gown. Oh, that's what I was picturing. Red. Yes. And she had also the loose blonde waves of hair like going past her yeah. shoulders. Suzanne right here is Jennifer Lawrence, except for the professionally conservative part, because Jennifer Lawrence had Do we like, have the budget for her. Had like Baywatch cleavage. Okay, so with that, like I'm I'm picturing like she's got the Jennifer Lawrence dress, but she's also just got like a blazer over it inexplicably. <laughs> and that's very funny in my mind. So that's what I'm like picturing. I picture just a higher ne- scoop neck, like just a little bit higher. So there's a little bit less cleave, but still that total just Baywatch vibe of just like loose. Also, like what does a 17 year old think professional is? Oh, that's true. She's never worked a real job before. Oh, I'm sorry. That's she's probably coded, coded language there, yeah. I guess. Or I guess she's trying to make it seem like, look, she was super hot, but she wasn't like a slut or anything because this book has Which feelings. Is worse. <laughs> when you put it like um, that. We on the podcast would like to mention that we are pro-slut. Yes. <laughs> you can still submit your sundress pictures to the podcast at the podcast on Twitter. 
It's almost the end of time for Sundress photos. Get him in. If you have the Get opportunity in, yeah, before the deadline to look like Jennifer Lawrence at her Oscar debut, you go for it. Going to see the president, perfect opportunity. Going to McDonald's, yeah. go for it. Who cares? But so, Ali, you want me to elaborate on why I think that's a Republican look? Yes. You think she looks like a Fox News anchor? She thinks yes. she's like Christian girl autumn. I think kind of that I think that, yes, I think that traditionally uh, Republicans, especially in politics, uh, women in Republican politics, particularly accentuate and, and value blonde hair and red dresses as a combo in particular. Definitely has something to do with white supremacy. I have not. Yes, exactly. I have not seen if to my memory, a Democrat wearing a red dress, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, it happens. Especially when you like to match your lipstick like AOC. Because mm. um, I also think conservative women are slightly less likely to do the like really bright kind of sexy colors. Marjorie Taylor Greene literally always looks like shit. I just wanted to add that. I, I, I just think she always looks bad. I get the Fox News vibes, Dan. I do. But I just can't get Jennifer yeah. Lawrence out of my head. So I'm rating this just 100 out of 10. Okay. Very fair. I'm conflicted, taking out the political element easily 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. If you consider the politics of it, I'm very conflicted and can't give it a score. Okay, but Dan, I think you gave the guy with the 20-year-old t-shirt like an 8 out of 10. It seems really unfair. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, you were like, that's a solid outfit. That's a good one. <laughs> it was. You're like, t-shirt and jeans? 9 out of 10. This, I guess I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Jennifer Lawrence dress? No, not for me. Like, not conservative enough. We finally get details. Like, I just want to give it a 10 out of 10 just for the level True. of detail. True, we get detail. the color, we I get the I do know what this cut. woman is wearing. And exactly. her hair, we get hair description. We never get it's hair description. so easy to picture. We know right. it's scoop neck, sleeveless. You're right. I'm glad we could pressure you. You're right. I, I should be grateful. I should not take this for granted. You're like, t-shirt with holes in it? Yeah, sure, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence Oscar debut? I don't know, seven. <laughs> I'm that meme of like the gr like cranky old overweight man <laughs> judging woman on the internet. God. And she's probably in heels too, because at some point later it says that she like clicked over to her car. So I guess she's in heels as well. She looks hot. Um, There's another fashion check. Are you guys ready for this? Probably not. No. On page 120, Reyna's back was propped up with one of the large muted red throw pillows, and her denim-clad legs and bare feet stretched across the couch seats and onto Nico's lap. Denim leg warmers, 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say jeans, and they almost always describe jeans as jeans, so... So jeggings? Could be jeggings. They're not jeggings. They are denim leg warmers. Let me have this. I've had a bad day. <laughs> okay. Also, they could be chaps. She was just riding a horse. Even better. Also, this <laughs> this book said show feet. <laughs> this book did say show feet. Yeah. <laughs> I like truly Nico. Nico is what I aspire to. You know, he's just like himbo goals. Yeah, he's a sweet horse himbo who gets to touch Raina's feet. That's all I want. He's rubbing her calf. I'm sorry. I would love that. Like, just getting a really nice deep mm -hmm. massage in your calf muscle. Oh, yeah. I Gently need her right calf. For real. My, my feet hurt. Which one of you perverts wants to touch them? <laughs> At the podcast. That's one of our Patreon rewards, is that you get to, you get to massage my feet. 
you're going to pay me to give me a foot rub. I don't blame you. I won't do it, though. (laughs) No, that's fair. And like, good, because you would have to also pay us. Right. I'd like to wander over to, to Himbo Corner here. You guys ready for Himbo Corner? That's this whole chapter. I didn't even know there was a Himbo Corner. I would love it if there was more Himbo in this book. Late at night, I toss and I turn and I dream of what I need. So at the top of 121, Ben makes a pun about Raina getting a foot cramp or whatever. Because she fell off a horse and she says she has like a calf cramp or whatever. And he says, so it's a true Charlie horse, Ben said. And it's kind of like, okay, whatever, Ben. Then Nico shook his head. Reyna was on Kennedy. There is no horse named Charlie. In the immortal words of little Nas X, I want to fuck the ones I envy. I envy. (laughs) And then he's compared to a golden retriever. He's very sweet. He also has to tag along with Ben. Yes, I was about to read this. Go ahead. Uh, Al, you want to read the, mind if I come along? It's on page 121. Of course, you tell tell her to read the sentence that has come in it. (laughs) Where is it? Mind if I come along and check my email? Nico asked. I've been expecting something from my mom, but my machine's down. Hey, man, can I come check my email on your computer? (laughs) Imagine saying that to someone you barely know. He's been expecting something from his mom. Like he was like, like, he's like, oh, we have scheduled a long distance call, but it's like an email. She's going to email him some cat gifts. Oh, I hope that's what it is. It's probably like his birth certificate or something, though. There's a mutual friend of Rachel and mine that we talked about recently. His name is, I'm going to bleep this, but... And he is like the quintessential himbo. And so like now I just imagine him saying this. And it's, it's like I can imagine this guy saying exactly <laughs> this. Like in 2011, I can totally imagine him being like, hey, um, I know I'm in your house, but can I check your email? Especially my mom. I'm like, oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> it's true. He's he's really sweet. And then Ben and Nico go off together. And Nico, I like to repeat, is Ben 2.0. So. Is he, though, or is he just a better person? No, he's nothing like Ben. He's way better. Yeah, you're right. And then it said, Nico nodded and trotted at Ben's heels (laughs) heading upstairs. Do you think they fucked? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. There was some weird, uh, like, horse stuff involved. Oh, no. There are lots of subtle little puns here, like the trotting at his heels. I also, at the beginning of the chapter, when they were still in the diner, it said that Ben had been grilling me for every possible detail. I definitely read that as a diner pun. And every time I see these, I assume that they're Elise Allen. And I I appreciate them. Why do you... Okay, what if the puns are Hilary Duff's only contribution? (laughs) Even Queen. (laughs) You have to find your fun where you can. Yeah, that's the be- yeah. Honestly, that's the goal of this podcast. What if Hilary Duff is a hidden pun master? Like, what if she's an aspiring comedian? I did not get any of those vibes from her Architectural Digest tour. Well, it was ironic. <laughs> it was camp. It was ironic. <laughs> I got no irony vibes. <laughs> she well, has she's like really good at it. Giant crystals. She commits the bit. 
Oh yeah, my she's God. committed to the bit. Maybe. <laughs> if she's committed to the bit, then she's like a genius. You know what's really bothering me? On page 117, it tells us, um, <clears throat> like, she's going into her home. It was five o'clock, but that meant nothing. Mom's staff didn't exactly keep nine to five hours. Oh, yeah. my God. They keep nine to three hours. But also, <laughs> don't they have a live-in equine professional? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, like, your senator, her staff probably has, like, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. hours. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense that her staff doesn't. No wonder she had to add staff. So it said that the parking area had been widened to accommodate mom's added staff. Yeah, because her mom is just like, yeah, whatever, work five hours and go home, which like no senator has done ever that we know of. It bothered me too, Al. It bothered me too. Unless they're all unpaid interns. <laughs> yeah. Then they work 10 hours. They could be. <laughs> yeah, she widened her driveway to her for her added staff. Who is this staff, by the way? Is it just Nico? Is he the only added staff this book? Uh, Suzanne. And Suzanne. So she widened the driveway because she hired two other people. Oh, there's more than that. There's a lot of secret secret service that are around. And listen, it's very hard to survive on 400k a year. Okay, <laughs> that's not rich. I know her mom is basically middle class. They're really struggling. <laughs> After paying their equine professionals, they only have only have like about like 30k worth of disposable income, and like that's I just know. not enough to live on these days. In five years. Clay is going to write an article saying, I bought a house and I'm only 22. Here's how I oh, did it. Oh, yeah. Ben is <laughs> oh absolutely going to be one of those. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, we can barely afford our PhD that we hired to do security. We really wanted somebody who had been published, but we had to settle for Ben. You know what I mean? Like, what the what is happening with these people and their monetary choices? I don't know, but it sounds like before the end of this book, someone's going to settle for Ben. Settle for me. Suzanne. Unfortunately. Not Suzanne. Okay, I have a theory about Suzanne. Go well, for how it. old is Suzanne if she's on the senator's staff? She's like 23. I like to picture she's like 43. <laughs> and I'm going to keep that in my mind. I think Ben is chasing... Uh, I think she's really like 22 or 23. But go ahead. No, she's 40. She's 43. She's older than Ben, though. She has to be older yes. than Ben. Here we go. Okay. This was after Ben was knocked back for a second um, when he saw Suzanne. He says, you look stunning. Thank you. Suzanne dropped her gaze as if the compliment was too much for her to take. When she looked back at him, I could see the space between them struggle to keep them apart. I was just going to call you from the car. I know we wanted to try to get together tonight. Just call me when you get back, Ben said, gently pushing a stray wisp of curl out of her face. Have a great time. Thanks. That was her exit line, but she didn't move. She just gazed at Ben expectantly, waiting for him to lean in and uh, say hi to my mom, I chirped. Suzanne jumped, just enough to prove she'd blocked out that I was even there. I, I will do that, she said, but now I have to go. Ben said nothing, but his eyes stayed on her as she clicked away to her car and folded herself inside. He exhale exhaled deeply and pulled on his front tuft of hair. Okay, I think that Suzanne is easy aing with Ben to make Ben look straight. And I think that Suzanne oh. bought that dress with some of the gift cards that Ben paid her in. Oh, because I just assumed that Suzanne was just getting her uh. jollies. And if Ben was like, hey, we're like serious, right? She'd be like, oh, no. 
You were just very oh, convenient. But I think my theory is more fun. Yeah. Your theory is more fun. You got to make your own fun. They're they're going to go soak. <laughs> Sorry. But no, I just assumed he's convenient for Suzanne. Like, they both work for the oh, senator. Absolutely. They see each other around. Like, why not sleep with the Live guy? Live in dick appointment. Yeah. Although, honestly, there's so much that's like the details that were not needed. Like, we need to know that she's going to see the president because the president's in town. I hope that comes up later. Otherwise, it's a huge Chekhov's president just sitting there. But then she's like, oh, I know Thanks, we were going to. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, she's like, I know we're going to meet up tonight. And I'm like, there's no way this dinner with the president was last minute. There's no way. They have to get clearance for everybody who meets with the president like a week ahead of time. So either they're lying or two, like Suzanne just like loses track of things so easily and can't keep track of her appointment book, which considering her role with the senator, I don't quite believe. So I guess Suzanne was always planning to meet up with him after the dinner. So Ben is totally her boy toy and good for her. Good for her. Oh, I forgot the best part was the next. Oh, the next part. How did I forget that? Okay. If he was being subtle, he wasn't. Of course, neither was Suzanne. She pretended she didn't notice Ben staring, but then the car lurched forward. Oops, she called out the window. Guess I should have put it in reverse. I rolled my eyes as she made a goofy, silly me face and then pulled away. Um, I love Suzanne because she really seems like the type of girl to cause an eight car pile up on the interstate during rush hour, but just to be like, oopsie, I'm literally a Gemini. And you know what? She's allowed to do that. I built my brand on being a simp for these kinds of girls, and I'm going to stick with it. I respect it. I respect her vibes, for sure. I respect the hell out of her. Listen, I mean, I'd be a little bit thrown if my, like, boy toy didn't bother to open the car door for me when I'm in this fancy-ass dress. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, because Ben sucks, dude. Ben is the worst fucking character in this book. I mean, that's what happens when you sleep with a 20-year-old, though. He just stands at the doorway while you have to fold yourself into your car. Yeah, and change his diaper. Yeah, no kidding. He's got to go to bed at 8 p.m. because he's a fucking baby. Who would date a 20-year-old? That's disgusting. I'm sorry. Don't do that. Unless you are, like, 22 or something. But I feel like you have bigger problems if you're 22. Because you're 22. That's a shitty age to be. <laughs> that is like age. for us now. Like I just felt like such a child, and like yeah. I was supposed to kind of be a grown up, but like I was just too broke. And like I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to do any of this? Is this my future doesn't look too bright? Like with you know the financial outlook. Like am I ever going to be able to own a house? Like terrible. I say this a lot, but I do believe that 22, 22 and twenty three year olds are the eighth graders of adulthood. Yes. Oh, my God. I agree with that 100 percent. They have so much confidence in themselves, such a lack of self-awareness and also dangerously what eighth graders don't have access to responsibilities that they shouldn't be entrusted with innately. Access to drugs, the belief that they're invincible and also kind of invincible to to hurting their friends. And, you know, it's when you're most, I would say, self-involved. It's when you have the biggest protagonist uh, main character syndrome possible, in my opinion. And then you yo-yo into violent codependency. That's right. But um, that that was actually why I wrote that Spencer and Kent book. And you completely lose yourself in another person. And you either marry them and do that for like 60 years, or you realize that like that's a problem and you need to find yourself. Well, and then you're then you're at at your 50th anniversary withered and and stooped stooped and withered in a wheelchair. wheelchair. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Full circle. <laughs> full circle. Let's do food check. Sure. Meal check. Meal check. Bottom of 122. We Sammy just talked about Suzanne, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's a cool drink of water. Thanks, folks. I'll be here all week. Top of. Oh, nice. Top of 122. Sammy got this. Bottom of 122. Sorry. Bottom. 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 So in this section, Raina is basically spilling the tea. Ha ha ha. About uh, Ben and Suzanne becoming a thing. So she says they hang out in the porch every time the senator gives her a break. It started a couple weeks ago. He smelled some hazelnut chicory monstrosity in her coffee cup. And the next day he brought her a giant tin of the stuff. He's been reeling her in ever since. So Suzanne was a coffee drinker. I hated coffee. I was a tea person. And Ben had been trying to convert me for most of our friendship. I'm not like other girls. I'm worse. Oh, I know. Plus, like, okay, how long has their friendship been that he's been trying to convert her to coffee? Because, like, I didn't. It's pretty she's toxic. Only, she's only 18. She's a teenager. I don't know if you should be drinking coffee too much before then, right? Oh. Oh, I've been drinking at least two cups a day since I was 14. That probably explains a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> a I cautionary tale. That's probably not good, huh? I think if you have the Uh-oh. kind of mom Clea does, you're probably discouraged from it. But also she has access to Starbucks. So she probably was drinking like if she was trying coffee, it was probably like the sugary stuff. Meanwhile, Ben's like, oh, you have to drink it. You have to drink it black. It has to be dripped through this very specific filter. You know, Ben has a very specific way of making coffee. Well, yeah, he likes the grind, the, the ground coffee on the side. I'm, OK, I'm, I'm still processing. <laughs> to munch on. I'm so oh yeah. He just like <laughs> grabs a handful of the grounds and shoves them into his mouth and like slurps them up. Dry. Yeah. Well done and dry, as established in the last chapter. <laughs> well done and dry. Um, I'm still fixated on this hazelnut chicory. I what an odd okay, one, what an odd combination of flavors. And two, right? do people other than here drink chicory in their coffee? What a weird thing to reference. I've heard about it. So I don't think it's exclusively southern, but it it does seem like an odd flavor, especially to be combined with sh- hazelnut. That is really odd. I really thought that that was a very specifically New Orleans thing. And I'm like, why is that being referenced in this book? Why would you put hazelnut and chicory together? That would taste really bad. So what does chicory even taste like? Because I'm not a coffee drinker and I feel like that's the only context I've seen chicory in. It's a root and it's the most bitter thing you've ever tasted. Um, it's only good in coffee when you put a ton of milk in it oh okay when you like just it wanted to have a little bit of like bite light colored yeah it's got a lot of bite so why would you do bite with like nutella flavor yeah exactly why would you do like a super bitter thing with but like hazelnut is is like a little bit i don't know it's like a tiny bit earthy which just seems like it would make everything worse wow that's so how do you rate that uh that coffee. I don't know, but I'm hungry. All right. <laughs> we only have, I only have like three more A things five. to bring up here. Only three. Don't talk about cheese again. Hang on. I'm going to get some cheese. Keep talking. So top of 123, right after that, uh, Rain is like, and, and, uh, oh, is Clay this is like, how eat do the you... rich section, Dan? Yes. Are we in the middle of eat the rich? Okay.
Well, we're popping back and forth here. We're just going through it chronologically for the first time. We usually don't do this. Uh, so Clay's like, "How, Raina? How'd you find out that Suzanne and, and Ben are together?" She's like, "You're at you're at school all day." Unlike homeschooled me, Raina was finishing up her senior year at Valera Academy. Is that a reference to something, Valera Academy? Does anybody know? I'm going to look it up right now. Unlike homeschooled me. Unlike homeschooled me. I never made it past that phrase. I never made it past that comma. I just stopped. Oh, Valera Academy is a book. Oh. It came out in 2013. This doesn't Whoa. match up. Oh, this looks like it may be self-published. At Elise Allen, can you can you time travel? What if we found Hillary Duff's uh, Wattpad? <laughs> what if they stole it from this? Right. I'm eating some cheese. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is a 2013 book that has very few reviews. I think it's hmm. self-published. It's a very sharp cheddar. Anyway, uh, then we go back to cribbage. Cribbage, for whatever reason, is mentioned in this chapter, of course. Well, hold on. Can we go back, though? So Raina is going to Valera Academy, wherever that is. I guess her mom can afford it with her equine professional salary. Um, And she goes, oh, I have my sources. So Raina has been dishing out a lot of details here. Like Raina is the one who tells Clea, oh, he smelled hazelnut chicory in her coffee cup. In the previous chapter... Clea says that Reyna has like a memory like a goldfish. Like she just does not remember anything. It seems like Reyna has a really fine eye for details and remembers them. I'm just saying. Reyna seems to remember everything. And yeah, Clea Reyna's sucks. right. Reyna's about every Reyna has been right about everything. Clea just hates her friend and expects the worst from her. Meanwhile, I'm like, she remembers everything. Like Clea's recapping stuff for her, and Reyna's like, oh yeah, that's the thing that happened in Brazil. I don't remember what happened in Brazil, but Raina somehow remembers. Yeah. Then the bottom of 124 is where I really lost any faith in the writing of this chapter, as if I didn't lose it already. Because <laughs> we're already like, we're a good 14 pages in, right? And and Clea has been updating and talking to Raina for a solid few pages now. And uh, then Raina's like, what's up with you guys? Uh, Sage. I saw Sage. What? Raina cried, when? And by the way, completely unacceptable that you didn't start the conversation with that. What the hell? And I agree. I mean, if she had started the conversation with that, there wouldn't have been much of a chapter. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> this chapter sucks. She's just like, all right, I've like found the 500-year-old uh, guy I'm fucking and we'll grow old and decrepit in front of him. And then we're going to go to CVS together. <laughs> and then Ben and Nico come back down after having a nice time together. And uh, Clea thinks to herself, Nico has no brain trust. <laughs> Me either, bro. She's I mean, she's <laughs> right, but she's such a bitch. Yeah, I'm like, what? OK, you're pretty stupid, too. Like what? Mm hmm. What? Oh, and the reason she says it is kind of cute, though, because he starts massaging the yeah. opposite leg that he was massaging earlier. That's pretty funny. But also, Nico just wanted oh, an excuse maybe he just to likes her. Yeah, he just wants to touch her. Yeah, God, Clea, stop yeah. being fucked up. 
he, he probably accepts doing. this. Oh my god, Clay is so judgy. Granted, we're being judgy of this Horrible. whole book, but Clay is worse. <laughs> so much worse. So <sighs> much worse. Uh, so Sam, you've read two chapters in a row. Oh my god, God help Why me. Why do you think Al and I keep doing this? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know, because like you guys seem to be having yeah, so either. much fun with this. And then I read this book and I'm like, this is terrible. It's not fun to read. <laughs> it's not really it's that fun, fun to, to make read. fun of. Every once in a while, there's something juicy, like, you know, him ordering. We really do suffer for you, Duff Heads. Omelet. I hope you know that. <laughs> they really do. The things we do for you, Duff Heads. They really do. Like the, the random details. In this book, like we find out that there's three oversized couches in the room that they walk into in the house. Why are there three conversation pet? Oh, okay. In the immortal words of Livia Soprano, I wish the good Lord would take me now. (laughs) I think it's um, Uh, inertia, I guess. Like you guys just have the momentum. So you just keep going. And I love that you're doing it for all of us because I love listening to you every week. Um, But this, this is painful. Yeah, it's bad. It is. (laughs) I mean, I'm still going to have this book, I guess, when we're done reading, but I don't think I'm going to continue reading along. I think that's fair, especially (laughs) since I've been writing in the guest copy. So whoever gets the next guest copy. Oh, uh, I'm jealous. My notes. I'm so jealous. I've completely destroyed this. So good luck. I wanted Um, to destroy. I will make sure that you can. Yeah, right. I'll make sure you can read those notes someday. Also, my handwriting is really hard to read, so good luck. Well, I imagine a lot of the notes are just saying gay over and over again. Yep. There is one page of that. <laughs> There's probably more. I got kind of artsy with it. Words saying gay than there are ellipses. Oh, definitely. I did not count the ellipses in this chapter because I'm dead inside. <laughs> oh, no. You guys. Oh, my. <laughs> We've lost out. <laughs> Yeah. On that note, let's get to plugs. Uh, <laughs> this is destroyed. Do you have out. any of other books to recommend, Sam? Do I have any? So, what I'm going to recommend instead of specific books is if you do enjoy like romance and romance-ish books, it's okay. There are good ones out there, and if you're looking for recommendations for some, go to the website Smart Bitches Trashy Books. They do a really good job of promoting romance that's good and you know, analyzing romance that's not. Um, And I've found some really good, you know, authors and stories on there that feature non-white people or neurodivergent people or non-hetero people. It's pretty good. So if you're looking for books, go to Smart Bitches Trashy Books. It's pretty good. Nice. And anything to plug besides that? No, I, I don't live completely online. This is my only podcast, and I will be very relieved to not be reading this chapter next week. You are so <laughs> sensible, Sam. <laughs> Al, what's your plug this week? Um, you know, I've got a lot going on at work, and um, if you're listening at home, mind your own business. Uh, Dan, can I check my email on your computer? <laughs> is your machine down? Are you expecting something gonna, from your gonna, mom? Are you going to trot up with your heels? <laughs> my heels absolutely <laughs> that's true okay I, I can imagine doing that um dan do you have anything to plug i was gonna recommend the movie malignant especially with this talk about insidious it's the same director as insidious one and two and it's oh, a james pretty Wan. awesome movie al if you haven't seen malignant yet uh it's on hbo max for like two more days 
Oh, nice. Maybe I will. Until October 10th. So you're listening to this, Duffheads, and it's October 10th. Go and Sorry, watch Malignant right now on HBO Max, if you can. Also, I saw the new Bond movie last night, and it was actually, and I mean this, it was actually great. Uh, it's my second oh. favorite Bond movie after Casino Royale. It was really, really excellent. And they actually, Phoebe Waller-Bridges, who uh, is the, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is the Fleabag writer, director, star. And not Phoebe Bridgers. I get her confused with the other Phoebes. Very different people. But yeah, it was really good. It's a bit long, but it was really good. And I'm actually probably going to see it again. because It was really fun. Yeah. Who's Bond now? Is it still Daniel Craig? It's his last one. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're moving. They'll look for a new one next year. He can go home to Rachel Weiss and actually enjoy being married to her. Exactly. Not to be a simp or anything, but I would enjoy being married to her. Yeah, same. So Rachel Weiss, if you're out there. I love that, like, somebody interviewed Daniel Craig and they were like, so you know this meme on Twitter where you say, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend? And he's like, no, I'm not really very online. And I was like, good for you. Wow. <laughs> he defined, I can't, I can't have my weekend until I hear him say it. Like, I, I get kind of, I get kind of antsy until it pops up on my feet. I'm like, oh God, okay. Yeah, but he's basically like, I'm not online, so I've never heard about that. But that sounds delightful. I'm glad that everybody is enjoying it. <laughs> I was like, good energy, Daniel Craig. <laughs> Impeccable True. energy. Impeccable. With that, I think that's all we want to all we have to say today. I think that's it. Spay new to your pets. Uh, put microchips in them. And spay new to your himbos. Put microchips in them. <laughs> and can I check your email? <laughs> yeah. And Jennifer Lawrence in 2011 looked amazing. That's right. She did. Iconic. And I'm pressing stop. Before you go away, go away, go away, wait. This one's over, let it go and subscribe. Next episode comes next Sunday or next Monday. Please go rate our podcast on iTunes today. Don't log off, please just go and please follow our Twitter till next Sunday or next Monday. Haven't you told a friend? Check us out today. Okay. Wow, Kristen Stewart is afraid of horses. Kristen Stewart is afraid of horses. You heard me. I'm still recording. Wait, am I supposed to stop? <laughs>